0: Hey guys, it's Moose. I got Double G with me. We are, of course, the MBM Podcast. We just want to stop in real quick to tell you a little bit about the crowdfunding option on Podbean. Uh, Basically, it's there for you guys, if you want to, uh, to help support us, which basically we'll just put it back into the podcast, allow us to do huge giveaways if we get a a good chunk of money coming in, um, or pay for a couple months free. And Mike's getting messages, and his Facebook's been blowing up like they have been all night. And that's uh we gotta, of course, thank uh, Gone Banana Racing Skins for that. Um, I don't know what else to say. You got anything, Mike?
1: Um, yeah, sure. Uh, if you donate us your money, we're gonna give you cool stuff.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And the good <laughs> news is, is even if you don't donate us stuff, you'll be eligible for any of the giveaways um, that that we'll do. We won't limit it to only the people that are uh, patrons, as they call it. So go over, check it out, the crowdfunding option on Podbean. And if you feel like helping us out, go ahead and put yourself in there for however much you want. As little as a mu- little. Oh, I completely messed it up. It's doing so good. Look at me go. As little as the. As li- <laughs> I'm going to leave this in there now. As little as you want or as much as you want. Help us out if you want. We don't care. We're still doing the show no matter which way you shake it. And hopefully you enjoy the next episode. We'll see you soon. Thought you could hurt me. Did you think I was blind? I thought you were better. Better luck next time. Better luck next time. You thought that you had me. Got away with the crime. all right it's the MBM podcast we're back with another one for you guys um, I'm gonna take a minute before we even start show the show and uh, if you're a parent or a racetrack <laughs> or somewhere public that plays this, this show may not be... The best. There may be an expletive or two. We'll try and keep it as best as we can. But um, these are adult conversations that come from the track. And I know most of you older guys and younger guys that have been involved in these conversations at the track know where this show is probably going to go. Um, so I just want to forewarn everybody so that way they're not 15 minutes in and go, what happened to these guys? So, uh, consider yourself warned. Listen at your own risk from this point. And go.
1: Thanks, Mike. You, oh, you, you, want really? to th- you want me to say something now? <laughs> so, uh, who we got on the phone is a gentleman by the name of Christopher Mitchell. I believe he probably never uses the f- full Christopher. I even think he goes by Chris or Chrissy. Uh, <laughs> you may know Chris. Uh, you'll recognize his voice from uh, things such as uh, the world uh, races that were just happened in las vegas so i'm getting all tongue twisted here uh and also beijing he helped call the races i'm also told he is part of a governing body over in australia called aarcmcc i can't remember what that stands for i gotta google it it's huge but whatever chris will tell us all about that and uh i'm told he's pretty popular over in that part of the world chris say hi to everybody please
2: Hello, and thanks for having me on the show, guys.
1: Oh, thanks for waking up at a beautiful 3 a.m. in the morning to talk to us.
2: It's a beautiful summer evening here in the second most isolated capital city in the world, <laughs> Earth, Western Australia.
1: Did he just and say summer? Crazy. Yeah, they don't get winter there, I don't think.
2: Oh, we do. It just
1: doesn't really suck warm. as bad as yours. How how cold <laughs> does it get there in, in the winter, Chris?
2: Oh man, it gets really cold like 2 degrees
1: C. <laughs> it's like -10 here right now and we haven't even gotten cold yet. Yeah, yeah I
2: know. You know it's cold when when we put on a hoodie but we're still wearing thongs. I mean, uh, flip-flops for you guys. I'm not wearing actual thongs. <laughs> no, it. no. They, they, <laughs> they all to you as thongs. <laughs> all you wear is uh. hoodies
1: and thongs. What's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> 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 uh. Uh, So
0: I guess my understanding of it, though, lately for you, Chris, has been uh, more of the announcing gig has kind of been going on your way and um, actually doing a quick Google online. There has been some mention of comparing you to very similar to like the the likes of like a Scotty Ernst, uh, where he's very, very popular when it comes to bigger races. And they like having him announce because he's he's well, he's spot on. He he runs a tight ship as well when he's doing that.
2: He's the king. Scotty's absolutely the king. I jokingly said to Scotty when we were in Vegas that, yeah, I'm the Australian version of you, but I said it only as a joke. (laughs) I didn't mean (laughs) to uh, (laughs) enforce that stereotype.
1: Has it kind of stuck?
2: Um, I don't know, because since then I haven't done any races. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh. But I have just uh, been speaking with um, ArcMath which is the AARC MCC. If you want to know, it's the Association of Australian Radio Control Model Car Clubs. Swallow that one.
1: Yes. No thanks. <laughs> Sounds kind of, <laughs> kind, of, kind, of, kind of something you'd choke on. Um, yeah, yeah. So what exactly does that body do? Can you explain that to us?
2: Well, Armac operates just like RAW or any other governing body does in their host country. They organize just the sanctioned events that count towards uh, state and regional and national titles, which does all your... World points for qual- world's qualifying for okay. all the classes
1: can I ask so you a question R-Mac Chris? RMAC manages
2: uh, all the regionals basically it's, and, and we manage the rules as well
1: you, Chris can I ask you something? is your microphone rubbing on your face?
2: Uh, on my man boobs yeah Oh, that,
1: <laughs> I think that's better because every time you talked I could hear this like rubbing sound and I
2: was like, oh yeah I'll hold up? it up now how's that?
1: Oh, that is so much better.
2: <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking to you through a cloth. Just
1: No, now it's perfect. It's just every time you would to say something, I, I pictured your jaw moving up and down and, and your microphone rubbing on the side of your face. And it was just, it made like a weird echoing sound. It was great, but I just was like, maybe I'm going to say something. I'm going to correct them. Yeah, no, yeah so, no, thank you. So that's basically like uh, basically like the Aurora, and like you said, uh, of of what we have in North America. It's similar type of
2: thing then. Yeah, yeah, and I'm um, I'm involved with uh, the electric off-road section of RMAC, so okay. I'm uh, on the board. There's three of us. Um, there's a section head, and then there's two of us on the on the board, and we manage the rules each year and try and organise and coordinate with the clubs around Australia to host all the state and national titles. And I was fortunate enough to uh, be sort of the main kingpin or just the person, the figurehead at the top of organizing this year's Electric Off-Road Australian titles at my uh, home track, West Coast Model RC. Shout out to all my West Coast guys.
1: Wow. So you kind of are a pretty big deal around there.
2: Uh, it's Australia, so it's not really the biggest deal, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's Australia. Uh, you know, like we, we, we tell everybody, you know, myself and Matt, and he can throw his two cents in here, you know. We are literally just two dudes sitting in a basement, putting together a podcast. Um
2: Oh, I thought that was going a totally different way for a minute there. Sitting in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're
1: not even sitting in the same basement because I'm an IT guy is what I do for work and I've come found some pretty creative software that lets us talk together but not be together. And uh yeah, it uh, just But yeah, we're we're nobody. You know, we literally are just club racers who decided that we could put a podcast together. Uh, based on the inspiration of the guys from the RipCast, and I'll let Matt kind of add to that.
0: Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, I started listening to the Radio Impound podcast uh, back when they had Tim Tunerman on from Associated to talk about the 443 because I'm an Associated guy and I wanted one badly. And, of course, I was trying to gather as much information about the car before it came out that I could. Um, and I listened to it and, and I knew that me and Mike and another friend and, of course, of our RC friends, we'd stand around sometimes and just talk hours about RC, you know, hours about it. And I'm thinking, and then, well, why don't we put this together in a show, like put a podcast on together on our own? Right. So, you know, I took a page from the Radio Impound and I went to Podbean, which is the same service that they use, and found that it wasn't a ridiculous amount of money every month to have an unlimited amount of bandwidth and storage and I said, okay, I can afford that, and then I got on the internet and started pricing out a board and some microphones. I'm like, well, I got a laptop. I can use that, and next thing you know, I've got, uh, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of equipment shows up in my house. I somehow finagle a couple of my friends to come sit in my basement for hours on end, and next thing you know, here we are two and a half years later, and it's turned into a little bit of a monster on its own when you don't record for a month. People send you messages of, like, what have you done? Have you died? Why isn't there another show? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I haven't heard anything from you. Are you dead?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I say that Literally. to Mike all the time. Like, when he doesn't answer my message, I'm like, did you die?
1: Okay. So yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, let me tell you a quick story here. So we took a quick break there, like I told you, to a use quick. the bathroom and whatever. Yeah. And my wife had a daycare interview because we run a daycare here at home. So I, I got tied up talking to them for a minute. So I come back to my computer and I've got Mike. Hello. Bro. Hello. Dude, you die? Did you fall in? Still can't find your dick to pee out of. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I'm like, dude, chill. Oh, uh, yeah, so that's us. That that is us in a nutshell. And uh, you know, we uh, we really enjoy having a good time. We are probably the least serious serious people you'll ever meet. Um, you know, we we really do have a passion for this hobby. We're, we're kind of at a loss right now because we don't get to race a lot uh, due to the circumstances here at home. You know, our closest track's a 50-minute drive into the United States, like we're in Ontario, Canada. We border right with, um, with uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. So we drive down to St. Ignace, it's called, and we race there once a month. Next closest okay. track is actually going to end up being in what's called Traverse City. It's about, what, Matt, two and a half hours?
0: Uh, two and a half. You know, 45, and we are going to be ahead. racing
1: once a month, but a different weekend than the other place. So at least that gives us a second option. And yeah. then I think the next closest place would be, what, Sudbury, eh, Matt, at about three and a half hours? Yeah, Sudbury would be the next yeah, closest. you know, and, and that's in, in Canada, so we wouldn't have to cross the border, which isn't a big deal. So as you're getting the idea here, we don't get to race a lot because we don't have a local track here anymore.
2: Yeah, nine times out of ten racing
0: for us. And,
1: sorry, what was that? Yeah.
2: Sorry, and I complain of driving fifteen minutes to my local. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's just
0: <laughs> so well, if we even if we even had a permanent place an hour away, I'd I'd drive that regularly, no oh, problem. Absolutely, it's just uh, unfortunately the places that that we do go to are not permanent facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of fly by night set up. The one day race, the next, tear down that day kind of deal. And Ooh, exactly, <sighs> you know, we say to ourselves sometimes when we go to these bigger races with people, it's like, man, I wish I was better. And then it's like, well, you got to remember. Dude, these guys have, they get as much time as we do in a whole season of racing, normally in one weekend. Yeah, exactly. Of practicing or, you know, two weeks of practicing for them. So we've got to remember that, okay, yeah, we only came in the C mains out of, you know, the, all the way to F, but that's <laughs> pretty good considering the, lead, the, the little amount of driving we really get to do. So, yeah,
1: exactly.
2: It just uh, shows the skill of your natural ability.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I th- I call it
1: pure dumb luck, and my hands didn't go numb. No, it's it's PFM. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, PFM. Yeah, p- pure. <laughs> I'll let you think about what the F is. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> I like oh my God, yourself, we're yeah, getting a just. shirt
0: made that says that. That's one of our sponsors, Mike PFM. <laughs> PFM. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so that's enough about us, Chris. Let's uh, let's shift the focus back onto you. So. You uh, race, you said uh, ten scale and eight scale electrics. Uh, what brand uh, is your? Uh, do you do you race?
2: Okay, uh, so, jeez, uh, I just came off of running TLR two wheel and I'm and an S works four wheel, but I'm moving across to running AE cars. Uh, thanks to my sponsors and sort of my, my really good mate Josh Payne hooked me up.
1: Okay, so AE is not a brand that we are familiar a- with. Sorry. Oh, A-E. Associated. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> I knew sorry, what he
1: yeah. was saying. It's okay, Mike.
0: You've been confused since you switched over to t I know, sorry. I
1: know, I know. That's okay. And <laughs> I believe uh, you You talked about uh, Josh there, and he is the main dude over at Riper Hobbies, I believe?
2: Yeah. So he's the co-owner of Riper Hobbies uh, with his business partner, Dave Sims. Uh, I, I didn't know these guys until I started in racing, and I sort of started racing a lot with them and started getting around the country to lots of different races, and they've become really good friends, and the whole crew and uh, all our teammates that race down there are all a nice big huddle of friends. It's really cool.
1: Hmm. And and if I'm correct in saying this, they are also the uh, authorized AKA dealer for Australia, correct?
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah, so we all run pretty much the whole of Western Australia runs AKA tires because it's just it's local, and it's what really works out (laughs) here somehow. We're one of the, I think, one of the only areas that, really dominant I like, dominantly runs the aka rebar tire outside of oval racing these days
0: wow. oh wow i know that one before <laughs> yeah. i went over to gone banana racing skins because we race on carpet indoor um so yeah. we run a foam tire now but before then i you can ask mike i aka was it for me
1: yep yes it nice. was represent yep. <laughs> so oh, i like I, them i like them yeah no kidding so as you were saying uh too so you guys run on outdoor clay is that correct
2: uh, yeah, outdoor clay dirt, depending on where you go. Uh, my local track, which I'm the club president of for now, um, West Coast Model RC, we have on-road and off-road, but our off-road track uh, used to be like a really fine, um, my friend called it peanut butter dirt. And we put sugar in it and we got rid of that. And we put in this uh, really nice red clay we got from up in the hills and uh, since then we've just run old school, natural, outdoor clay, water it, it grooves up makes holes, bumps, and ruts, and get some real character, it makes it really challenging to get around.
1: That's something that uh, we can rewind back to uh, the Worlds in Las Vegas, because their track was <laughs> a very familiar setup to what you just described, correct?
2: Yes, yeah. Uh, so when we were um, organizing for the Nationals, we decided to not roll the track before the event. It was a brand-new track, mm-hmm. and um, a few people... Uh, being smart is like they like to be uh, made the comment of Vegas 2.0 because it, it it did sort of make a couple of holes not quite as big as uh well, they ended up in Vegas but uh if we play the true off-road drinking game I'm sure we'd get absolutely hammered
1: <laughs> nice yeah because that track in Las Vegas like by the end because I remember watching the final race there uh, for the championship I mean that track had some massive craters in it man
2: <laughs> yeah and yeah it- I walked the track each day in the evening, and it just got worse and worse, or better and better, depending on what perspective you're looking at it from. But yeah, the holes got huge, and it really developed some character. Every time drivers were saying, every time you hit the track, it's a different track to drive on.
1: Yeah, and, 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 a, and a lot of drivers didn't like that from the sounds of it. Like they were really thrown off because they were kind of expecting this plush, smooth, well maintained yeah. track. And all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, we don't, we don't, Like I, I don't want to say that this is what officially was that but i could see in their minds they were like we're not we're not ready for this like we we don't even know what to yeah. do right now you know
2: yeah there's a lot of there was a lot of that and i think a lot of people are, are brought up on the the schooling of uh i go to a race and i want the same track as what every other guy's had in their heat uh and it has to be fair and it has to be consistent and you can say fair and consistent in inverted commas because you get what you're given and, and you can't complain about it at these events
1: right and then there was also you the can whole... You can't
2: complain, actually. You just well, yeah, I complain.
1: bet you there's lots of that. Because the whole wing <laughs> situation brought a whole lot of complaining into the the, the circle at the beginning, too, right?
2: With Sorry, the, I missed the at, first bit.
1: At, at the Worlds, there was the issue yeah. with, what was it, the stickers on the wing? I can't remember what it no, was. No, the wing, oh. the side dams the aren't legal on most of them.
2: Yeah, yeah, there was that whole thing with all the wings um, that... Uh, they brought in this rule after the 2014, or the, I think the rule had already been in place before that, but had never been enforced, mm-hmm. even at the 2014 Worlds in Italy. And uh, they decided to enforce it in Vegas, and pretty much everyone's wing was illegal because it, the side dam wasn't big enough to fit the sticker yeah. into the FMA rules, except for Kyosho just miraculously had hundreds of wings there. Like, oh, here, guys, just buy wings. Yeah, we'll, we'll sell them to you. No worries. <laughs> There's... Yeah, it was uh, interesting circumstances in Vegas.
0: Yeah, my understanding from that is Roar had warned everybody at the end of the 2014 World saying that this rule will be enforced going forward. So... You know, what I thought was kind of strange is, and I think I do remember seeing something back when Tai won the 2014 Worlds, there was something going on about wings or something was said about wings. And then lo and behold, here we are in 2016 at the Worlds in Vegas, and all of a sudden there's this big thing that everybody deemed as Winggate. And okay, yeah, there was a ton of Kyosha wings there, but that was because they knew that they were there was plans for Roar to enforce the rule. They knew that people were going to either have to cut out Lexan and bolted to the side of their wings or run a wing that was already ready to go. So uh, if my understanding of it is Chris Toko, who I believe is sponsored by Show worked with them and they actually brought some in from California to make sure that they'd have enough for all the racers that chose to purchase a new wing as opposed to, uh, you know, um, Jimmy rig or Backyard Mechanic, they're... they're existing wings into thing. It's just what blows my mind is the manufacturers know that the rules there in the rule books, if you're going to make products for your racers that you sponsor to race in these big high caliber races, why wouldn't you make sure your whatever it is meets the rules? You you get what I mean? Like it'd be like a company coming out with a, a a rim that's outside of the proper rules and saying, we'll just run them anyway. Well, you're breaking the rules and if you get caught, you're going to be disqualified anyway. So
2: yeah, it's, um, it was a little bit bizarre, bizarre, but, Kiyosha was prepared, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> from my understanding, it was pretty much an overnight shipment of wings came in to to Vegas. They weren't sitting there for a week beforehand.
2: I think as that happened, I was also on an overnight shipment into Vegas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, is that how Australia treats you? They just put you in a box and ship you somewhere?
2: Yeah, you get a, a juice box and a <laughs> packet of chips and they say, see you in 23 hours. <laughs> Uh, they did all seriousness, just... from from perth it's um it's three legs of flights to get to vegas and uh it was it was like i was I was there basically twenty four hours later oh
1: so basically God. they went the long way, not the short way
2: but there, I think it's no the time there, change because I'm in Perth. I have to go to the other side of Australia first and then yeah. back
0: <laughs> that's so silly, so you got to fly to the other coast then get another plane that flies right back over the coast you just came from.
2: Pretty much flying to LA and then across. Oh, okay. So it it does go
1: that way. Well, yeah, it goes that that way, but it's just then you got to think of the time zone, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, look at what's the difference? Thirteen hours between us, Chris. I think it is.
2: Uh, Yeah, we're thirteen hours apart right now. So yeah, and then what's the time difference between
1: your coast and the other coast of Australia?
2: Uh, Two hours uh, most of the year, but then we have this wonderful thing called daylight savings. We have. Yeah, we have that too.
1: It's awesome. It just
2: throws everyone for an idiot because my side of the country doesn't use it.
1: (laughs) Oh, It's got to be an Australian thing.
2: Because it fades our curtains, apparently. Fades our curtains. (laughs) 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 Or the uh, the cows don't know when they need to be milked because the time's different. You know what they did here
1: was they actually made a tweak to daylight savings time. So it now starts, what is it, a couple weeks earlier and ends a few weeks later than it used to if, uh, and this was just within the last couple years, because, not because it does anything other than save people electricity. That was why they did it. We were like, whoa, 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 what? You're going to adjust a time zone thing to save people electricity? Well, yeah, and then when
0: you save too much money on electricity, then your taxes go up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's 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 an Ontario problem That's a Canadian (laughs) thing, yeah. Frickin' people
0: That's a us nice problem Not a you problem Yeah Yeah exactly
1: <laughs> So yeah So I can only imagine That there's probably Some funny stories That uh You can tell us or, And you can't tell us Um Give us one of those Moments That you can tell us On the air That you can share With everybody That kind of sticks out As a funny moment
2: Um I can tell you About the time I broke Bruno Coelho <laughs> So I was a total rookie going into this whole live RC deal um, when I went to Beijing for the ISTC Worlds. And um, I think Aaron Waldron decided to throw me under the bus and he handed me an entry list and said, go get all the driver details, car, motor, battery, body. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no worries, I'll go do that. And I run off and I'm realizing, oh, there's 155 entrants. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the next two days of practice, which is boring anyway, going and getting all these driver details, and I listed them all down, and for some stupid reason, like I know Bruno Coelho drives Montec bodies. We know. And for some stupid reason, I had him down on my paper sheet as Montech, but when I put him in my computer, I put him down as protoform. Oof. And I did up all these... <laughs> Cool graphs and spat them out to Aaron to like put on live RC and, and look really cool and thinking I'm doing a really cool job. And Bruno comes flying into the live RC book and goes, What are you doing? You gave me wrong body shell. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, Oh crap. And I'm trying to sink under the table and hide from <laughs> angry Bruno Coelho. <laughs> and so we went through, oh yeah, sorry mate, we'll, we'll fix it, no worries. And as they walk around the room, I think Aaron, Brandon, and Thomas Tran, all at the same time, turn and look at me and they go, Rookie. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. And you can imagine there was words in front of Rookie. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what came before that, I'm sure of it.
2: And yeah, um, we... Oh, what else was there? Oh, Vegas was really cool. I flew in and I got into Vegas at like midday and went straight to the hotel, showered and then straight back out to the track and jumped straight in the booth on uh, on the Tuesday afternoon to start calling with Aaron. And um, that night we got back to the hotel and unpacked and we were staying at the Westgate where Scotty was running the IIC at the same weekend. Yes. Right. And so we decided, oh, we'll walk down and go see Scotty at the IIC. So I walk in and he, I was feeling really starstruck that Scotty remembered and recognized me and shook my hand and said, oh, hey, hello. That was really cool. So we decided to go get dinner, and it's midnight. The only place open in the whole casino is this um, sports bar, burger joint around in the sports bar, which was completely empty. So it was really weird sitting in there, and there's nobody around except the people in the corner of this dark, big room eating. And um, I'm obviously delirious from the flight, I decide to tell the live arts, guys, oh, I can do a really good Scotty Ernst impersonation. (laughs) And I did it quietly to Chris Draper, uh, my Floridian friend, who is as loud and as boisterous as me, and he's really good fun. And he loved it, so he calls Scotty over, who's sitting there eating his dinner, and goes, hey, you gotta listen to Chris Mitchell, he does a really good impersonation. And I was like, oh no. Here's a way to make sure that Scotty would just shun me for the rest of my life, and, and that's gonna go really well. So I'm like, you know what? In for a penny, in for a pan, let's do it. <laughs> and I belt out the worst possible ever Scotty Ernst impersonation uh, I could ever do at the top of my lungs, and stunned the whole eatery area. And Scotty's like, nice! <laughs> Did,
1: Dude, that, you think that was do you, good! Do you think you could do it again for us right now?
2: Oh, uh, I'll probably wake my parents up, but sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't have to yell it, because, I mean, that might be a little little tough on the ears for oh, us, Oh, but that too, comes but.
2: with the territory, man. It's Scotty. you got to be at the percent of your lung yeah. capacity. Well, that, oh, man. It, 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 it's right, totally up it to you. Oh, you, you're good? Sorry. Oh, I'm yeah, we're, we're, we're oh, ready. ready. Let
1: her
0: up.
2: <laughs> All right, all right. So what I belted out is just the classic Scotty, right? He goes, all right, we're getting ready to go racing. Corner marshals are ready. Drivers are ready. Good luck, drivers. We're going racing on the sound of a tone. (laughs) It is, it is though. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's funny. Uh, Scotty, if listening to this, I'm sorry. Don't hate me. Oh, no,
1: I think he loves you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, Scotty is is one heck of a a guy. And, uh, you know, he he definitely has set the standard. Uh, for what race announcing should be, you know, and I think everybody strives to be like him.
2: Yeah, no, I, when I, I, started I love race announcing him. at like my local club. I literally all it took was I watched a few Scotty videos. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. That that sounds easy. So I go down <laughs> to my local club, pick up my microphone, and start making an idiot of myself. And I somehow ended up commentating a nationals within six months of that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, that's funny. Oh, uh, right on. Uh, so. Um jeez. Oh, just so many questions. Matt, you got something you want to ask Chris or bring um, up? Um
0: Well, I'm just like I said, I'm I'm interested in just hearing the the stories that he have that he has and I know. And it's just yeah, like it's it's incredible to to think the 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 stuff that he's been able to do in in such, such a short period of time, right? Like
1: it's oh. like kind of one of those in the right place at the right time, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um
0: Yeah. Agreed. So, you know something like I want. I was wondering. So at the at the worlds, the drivers here are different announcing than what what the people watching at home do, right? Because you're doing more like color commentation with with Aaron, like for the viewers, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was um, that was something, and that took a while to get used to. Uh, Beijing was sort of the first time I've ever actually done commentary with someone else and having to bounce back off each other and not doing track announcing and race directing at the same time. So <laughs> I'm used to standing there and screaming down a microphone, yelling at people, calling cautions, calling up new drivers and giving stop-goes and all sorts of crazy stuff that requires me to drink like a litre of Red Bull in a day to stay awake. But... uh <laughs> So Beijing was the first time doing that, and and safe to say, I probably sucked at it, and Aaron was just being nice. But uh, (laughs) I think Vegas, I did it a bit better.
1: Oh, Hmm. yeah, on Vegas, I mean, it was definitely one of those uh whoa who's this guy because we don't follow the on-road stuff at all like i'll be just completely honest with you you can <laughs> drop names and talk about this guy and that guy and and for me anyways matt maybe you have a little bit more insight into it but
0: i try th- and watch the
1: reedy on-road race but yeah um, we're just kind of do um, that what, what, what are you talking But i mean the stories are still funny regardless of who they are yeah. so that, that doesn't matter no,
2: i understand that completely on-road gets a bit of a bump steer even uh, in australia it's 50 percent of what off-road is over here
1: right and i think it's kind of the same over here as well it's just not as pop it's like there's people that are into it but i think the off-road stuff gets way more attention um
2: yeah and it's just the nature of the racing in my opinion and i'm probably gonna piss people off when i say this is is just more exciting
1: yeah yeah i mean jumps add a whole whole world of fun to 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 it right like you know, the on-road stuff's cool because it's fast, you know what I mean? And, and driving RC cars, period, will give you an appreciation for what those guys are doing. But, yeah, jumps just add a whole new level to the...
0: I, I think you and I could do very well if we were doing on-road because we wouldn't have to worry about landing the cars anymore. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Getting Stay them in your- the air is really easy. <laughs> Getting them to land, that's where all the problems come in.
2: Yeah, that's where yeah. you had that nice little pile of broken parts in your shed.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, there's been a few times where Mike and I have looked at each other and we're like, how did I not break? you seen that too, right?
2: Well,
1: we can go rewind to a story of many years ago. It's not really that many, but like four, like four years ago. This is when me and Matt first bought RCs, and of all things, we bought Red Cat's. Because those were what was cheap. So I bought this, what was it? The Monsoon or something like that, Matt? Hey, anyway, was it an 8 Yeah, scale? It, it was a Truggy. Nitro Truggy. And it was okay. It ran all right. So we're out, out at this uh, schoolyard, basically. We're driving around, doing our thing, you know, being goofs. And uh, we're, we're, we're torquing along, going and going. I'm like, oh, man, I think we're really close to that pow, right into the <laughs> biggest tree. Okay, and I mean, this thing hit that tree and bounced back at least... Five or six feet. I mean, so I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, I "And I then he tried was... to make it move." It did. <laughs> it sadly limped very slowly, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the chassis was bent. The drive shafts up the center because it was it was a, a four wheel drive, right? So the drive shafts were folded up like freaking <laughs> paper clips. Oh man, yeah, it hasn't. I got since.
0: an. A- I actually have an album on my Facebook about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. But what what's funny about it is, was the whole, I think we're getting really close to that. And just as I said, tree, I kissed the thing square on. Yeah, that sucked.
2: Oh you know. man, that's perfect.
1: Yeah, uh, it <laughs> it happens. I mean, that's like my dad. My dad's got four acres of property and uh, he tried my four by four short course truck and drove oh it into, my the God, only, I remember that. into the only telephone pole on his property. You know, he's got four acres. He's got to hit the telephone pole. So yeah. Yeah. You know, when it happens, it happens, but whatever. So, yeah, we got all sorts of funny stories like that, too. Me and Matt have what's called the Matt and Mike effect. Oh, God. Want, I'm waiting for that to happen later today. You want to explain that to him, Matt?
0: Uh, okay, so basically this is the way it works, Chris. <laughs> when Mike and I get together, the simplest of simple things that should only take like a half hour, 20 minutes to do because, you know, there's two people <laughs> turn into these four-hour endeavors of, like, why are we going back to whether it be like a hardware store or to this place or that place to buy more stuff because yeah, or, somehow we've completely messed something else up.
1: Or why is there a three-inch hole in your wall when we only needed one that was an eighth of an inch? Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: that's happened too. No, it was a tapered <laughs> hole. It was like three inches at the opening and it tapered down
1: to like half an inch. Just because we broke the bit in the wall, yeah, <laughs> in the in the brick. <laughs> yeah, we had Let's no dig business. It out. Yeah, 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 that's exactly <laughs> what we had to do. Yeah. The the cable guy came to run the cable through the wall, so we were trying to help the guy out. And uh, basically what he did was uh, filled it up with about a half a tube of caulking so that way there he could cap this whole lot. It was just, it was massive. Yeah. Yeah, it so was, that's the yeah. Matt and Mike effect. If it can go wrong, it goes wrong. If it should take, like Matt said, 20 minutes, it takes us four hours. It follows us to the track. Uh, it happened earlier today when we first started recording. You know, yeah, that was more
0: you than me. For once, my stuff was working properly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was having a moment.
2: oh, I think I found this photo of this monsoon on your Facebook. Yeah, Matt just. Oh my god!
0: I just tagged it. I just (laughs) tagged you in the the album.
2: (laughs) That is so broken.
1: Of destruction. Oh yeah, yeah. It's in a box. It's been there for a long time.
0: Yeah, I still have everything. (laughs) The motor. You see that drive shaft?
1: You see the drive shaft in the middle there? You can see it beside the head of the motor. Looks like a like a bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. You know, or the the for the, the bow. Part just missing the string. Yeah, it was he hit good. so oh, hard, he bent one. the
0: pipe. <laughs> like like the mount that holds the front end of the pipe, he bent it. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, on, like, on the exhaust pipe, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a hard impact. I mean, we were booking her. I mean, that thing was full throttle into that tree. Kablooey. Yeah, and then I ran over one, too. I ran over an HPI Trophy Truggy. <laughs> well, I didn't run I over it. I wasn't
0: there for that My one. My friend ran over it.
1: We were trying to see how fast it would go. So instead of following the, the 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 vehicle, we chased the RC, and I kind of got squirrely, and yeah, we drove right over top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I have the spare parts oh, from that one, too. Yeah, so needless to say, I immediately went online and ordered a second one, because, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah.
0: And then I think yeah. he took about a week to say something to me until I started putting it together, like, what's going on here? Where did you get brand new tires from? Where did this? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I kind of ran the other <laughs> one over, but don't talk about it, please. So.
2: Oh, man, uh, I, I've, I've got the photos now. I finally saw your tag. I didn't get a notification. Facebook uh, fail. Oh,
1: that's normal. That's just Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, this thing is wrecked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we do all sorts of stupid stuff around here and... Yeah, yeah, I mean,
2: that's how we all start, by doing something insanely stupid, like buying an RC car. That's the first step.
1: Isn't it, isn't it crazy? Are, are, so are you, you said you obviously live with your parents because you said they're sleeping right now, right? Yeah. So is there yeah. a, a Mrs. Mitchell in the picture, or are you uh, doing the uh, bachelor Well, Mrs. Thing?
2: Mitchell is my mother, so.
1: Okay, uh, so. <laughs> be... No, but you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no. Uh, my excuse is I, have, I don't have any time. But, uh, but yeah, we're just going to open a whole box of other crap. Uh, yeah. No, no I'm single as wrinkle. Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's good. It's probably oh a good choice. God. It's a good choice. Me and Matt can tell you why having a lady in your life and playing with toy cars <coughs> is a horrible idea.
2: Well, see, I was in a relationship for a long time before I got into toy cars, and then, miraculously, I wasn't. <laughs>
1: Funny how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what we're talking about. We we don't gotta yeah. get into the details, but yeah. Yeah, kids. Kids are a big uh, anti RC thing too. They'll they'll take a lot of yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how old are you, Chris? That's something that
2: uh, uh Yeah, I'm twenty four.
1: Yeah, okay. I kind of figured out so i got better. plenty
2: of time.
1: Yeah, I'm not yeah. that much older than him. Well we're no like eight but, years older. But he's doing the right thing. He's he's on the right path, and if there's any coaching we could do is is there's lots of time for love not a lot of time for rc cars.
2: No, there's never enough time for rc cars. Exactly.
1: <laughs> right on. So, um I guess kind of let's go back to the rc stuff here. Um what's your kind of your preferred class? Like you prefer truggies, buggies, 10 scale, 8 scale, what's your favorite?
2: Uh I prefer four wheel modified. Buggies. 10 scale,
1: tent scale yeah. buggies. Right on.
2: Yeah. Um but I've been well, as of the, as of the, about a week ago, uh, my four-wheel modified's been parked because I'm making the transition over to AE cars, and I'm waiting for the 64 to come out. So I've been <laughs> so finding somebody my B6D during the week.
0: And I'm waiting B64. even longer. Never mind. I've got to wait for the actual b 6 four like turf carpet edition.
2: Oh, oh Yeah. Well, because they they
0: they're, they're, they're going to do it because the reality is they came out with the B64D, they have the B6 and the B6D, so there's no reason why you're not going to get a B64 like carpet well, turf yeah, they edition, right? they're doing it. So, I've well, got to wait for that freaking one.
2: Everyone's, like going crazy about it.
0: I'm okay. I'm okay. I can I can wait till next year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've got my S-Works 104 Evo, which is just a flying brick. It's so fast. But um <laughs> that's parked for now. So I'm focusing on two-wheel modified, which is probably going to be good for my driving. Because I can learn how to actually wheel a car that is going to spit me out and spin out if I'm not careful.
0: Yeah, that's that's the one thing. The four-wheel drives are, are very friendly to user input errors. Uh, whereas the two-wheel drives, they tend to say, no, I'm not doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty stoked. I was out practicing last night. And I finally I got the B6D. With some help of the Australian guys, Ray Munday uh, and Andrew Salvaggi, just uh, sort of stole their setups and threw it straight out the car. Uh, It's pulling wheel stands out of corners, so I'm really stoked for that with a four gear dirt setup.
1: Nice. Wow, yeah. Well, and what's interesting too is, is, um, you know, we've got ourselves uh, acquainted with uh, Bubba Boggs. He's a North American sponsored uh, team associated driver. And uh, he's been a wealth of knowledge for you, eh, Matt? Oh, my God and uh, like, it, it hasn't I... been
0: like like breakthrough like holy geez but to have somebody to take a couple minutes who are who is very familiar with setup changes and take the few minutes with me and kind of you know walk me through doing it i got to learn the the do's and don'ts of doing
1: it with yeah.
0: uh, a pr- we'll call him a pro right there yep kind of guy, me which was you know a plethora of knowledge and I believe I tagged him
1: in a post of yours Chris uh from the other day yeah. you were and uh so yeah Bubba is uh he actually what Bubba does that's really cool is is he does uh titanium anything titanium oh he is can, he
2: Bubba from Bubba's Bling he, yes, is he is Bubba from Bubba's Bling oh I'm gonna hit him up for some bling hell yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh yeah and tell him well he's gonna probably hear this podcast so I'm I'm sure he would be more than happy to uh work with Pick you on whatever you want <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hook
2: me up, man. Uh, it's <laughs> it's always helpful having pro drivers who are really switched on with what they're doing. Like it sucks if you're the pioneer. Uh, we did it. I, I I did it with Josh Payne over the last eighteen months with the S Works One Hundred Four Four Wheel Buggy. Okay, because there was nothing on that car, um, and sort of we we took it and Josh is a real smart guy, just feeling out a setup. Like he he doesn't have an engineering degree, and not many of us do. But he can just feel out a setup and, and throw it out a car, especially a four-wheel drive. And uh, we got ours to being really quick and can be dominant on pretty much any track you throw it at. And, uh, I mean, Josh went on to, to win the Australian Nationals a few weeks ago, and uh, he just won today over on the East Coast. I mean, uh, and even with my not-so-good driver ability, I you would have rounded the Nationals with the car. Like, I was pretty stoked with that. So uh, it's always good having set up helping out from pros definitely
1: oh absolutely any anything even uh on making changes to your radio you know it's amazing just playing with some of the settings how differently the car without even touching the car itself can make it feel on the track you know
2: oh i've got a rule for that you're gonna tell you need expo you need expo turn the wheel less (laughs) 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 do not touch that stuff it's it's evil
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can play tricks with you, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, the worst uh, is when you either.
0: turn it down for one track and you go to another place and you forget that you have and then you spend all day <laughs> fighting it figuring out why well, can't get this son of a bitch to turn and then all of a sudden you notice it and it's like, "Oh, for uh-huh. frig McSnacks. snacks."
1: Well, and what's <laughs> worse is is you figure out how to drive the track with the car driving like a like a dump truck. Yeah. yeah and uh, then all of a sudden you realize what the problem is, so you change it, and now all of a sudden the car feels twitchy and it's all over it's the on place. Asset. Yeah. <laughs> it's on acid yeah that's yeah yeah that's exactly how to describe it yeah that is like
2: yeah i've done uh, that we did a we did a race um a few months ago with a e-buggy at um model off-road buggy club which is hosting the 2018 eight scale if my worlds and we ran there and i was running with my friend fabio and, and we ran really well the track came up really high grip for the last round so i stole the uh I set a super soft zip, soft painy, and threw them on. I'm like, oh, man, I got too much brake. I got too much steering in the one lap of warm-up that I did. So I turned everything down, raced, threw it in the bag, didn't touch it until we got to Geraldton the next weekend for another race. And all day, I'm like, I can't turn. I'm getting around the track fine, but I just can't turn. And I didn't realize it until the second main, and I turned it up. I'm like, oh, it's good now. I can drive now. I can go faster. (laughs) But I figured out how to drive the track already <laughs> with a slower rotating car.
1: Right, right. Which, I mean, could be an advantage, I guess, because then once you get your rotating back, you know, your lap times should technically get better, right?
2: Yeah, it depends on how much uh, head bashing you've done trying to chase the setup.
1: Nice. Huh, yeah, true. Yeah. Head bashing, swearing, cursing, punching walls, drinking Red Bull,
2: <laughs> getting kicked out of the track.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been there. <laughs> uh, yes. I have so, been there. Let's talk about um the whole uh Riper Hobbies team thing. Um I get a feeling that it's a very unique thing um that not a lot of other groups of people have as their sponsor. Can can you talk about that a little bit, Chris?
2: Uh yeah, I'm not sure where you're getting at with, um, like, not a lot of other people have. Like, yeah, like, it's just... We get it, lots it's... of sponsored drivers in Australia, even the same as what you get in America. They're not... We don't really get as many, like, your 50% factory discount guys, but we get a lot of shop-sponsored drivers.
1: Yeah, it just, it seems like you guys are a very tight-knit family, is kind of, I guess, what I was getting at. You know, it, it's not like you're just a bunch of drivers representing a brand. It's... It, everybody seems to be quite close,
2: well, yeah, I mean, you look at it, and just through population density alone, you look at what you guys have in the States and in Canada, and your population numbers are so much bigger, you get so many more people to races, and there's so many more tracks. Uh, you come here, and, and like where Riper Hobbies is in Perth, we have two tent, we're down to two tent scale clubs for off road here in Perth. So one race is Astro, one's dirt. So we all know each other. Like if you race tent scale, and you race eight scale, you know everyone immediately. So before you even get into like sponsored drivers and things like that, you're already friends with everyone. You're, if you already had a beer with everyone at the pub, you know, you're all pretty nice and happy with each other. So when you get into being sponsored drivers, I, I think I'm very lucky to be uh, part of this group of friends that we're not only uh, sponsored drivers, but we are friends. Because when I started was when these guys, some of these guys started, and we're all sort of pretty close just – going to races together and and being around each other at the track Mm -hmm. it's it's really cool it's what's keeping me in the hobby and keeping me interested i guess
1: yeah and and that's exactly kind of i guess what i was getting i just didn't know how to say it in 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 the right words and it's just it is like you know like i said to you um the reason we got into contact was because of tasha right and it's just talking to her and and, you know the way she talks about you guys and everybody else that she's recommended you know for us to kind of reach out to it's like Holy cow! These these people are like brothers and sisters, not you know yeah. co-sponsored drivers. It's just it's a totally different atmosphere than <clears throat> what I've experienced talking to people here. I guess on this side of the world.
2: Yeah, well, there's a lot of love in Australian RC racing. Uh, there's also a lot of hate. You still get the haters. You still get the people who want to rip each other's throats out and stupid stuff like that. But the, there is a lot of love because we are a very small community. So you got to look after each other and i started really enjoying going to races not just for the racing and, and battling and having fun and winning or trying to win anyway but just for the family and and sitting around talking crap between heats you know having a beer after racing and enjoying the company of like-minded people I, i'm finding that really enjoyable as well
1: well isn't that what the hobby's supposed to be about because at the end of the day that's right that's what this is is a hobby it's not a it's not a job. It's not you know something that people are going to get rich at. It's something you got to do because you love it, right?
2: Yeah, it's only a job for like maybe ten people in Australia who actually do it professionally as racers. Right, and even of those ten, you could probably say only about three get paid. The other, the rest of them either own a shop or they get representation. Which it's just representative of the number of people we have in Australia versus the number of uh, the tracks and stuff we have. We're not anywhere near as big as what goes down in like california or anything like that where every man and his dog is sponsored and factory and races 52 times or 52 weeks of the year and we just don't get that yeah yeah
1: so we had a conversation eh, matt not too long ago about the whole sponsorship thing and we kind of got people's opinions on how they felt it was affecting the industry uh, in the sense of you know is and this is kind of from the north american aspect is you know, is, is, are there too many sponsored drivers or sponsorships just kind of given out too easily and tied to that sponsorship seems to be in, in, from our perspective, hurting the hobby shops, you know, because now you're getting people that are buying directly from, you know, TLR or AE or whatever the manufacturer is, you know, TLR and AE seems to be the the real two big Kings around here, on uh, mm-hmm. the racing scene, you know, and it, from the sounds of it, you know, it, it's kind of it, it's a totally different world over there for, for the sponsorship situation.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, we don't have as many people who go out and actively chase these 50% or part sponsorships f- directly from the factory. What we have over here is we have a lot of people sponsored by the importers of the product. So you have uh, people like Ari Barkler and his father, they run uh, Hobby Express International on the East Coast and they bring in X Ray and Proline. So, you get a lot of guys who get sponsored by those guys over on the East Coast. You have the same with uh, Ace Model or Ace Hobbies in New South Wales. They bring in Associated and J Concepts and Orion. I'm probably missing a few. Uh, you get a lot of people who are sponsored directly from the distributor. The same for Riper Hobbies with uh, you know, S Works and, and AKA, for example. And we get guys who are sponsored directly by them, and they're a distributor and a shop. The number of guys that are partially sponsored, uh, by factory is very small um the number of guys who are factory is even smaller the number of guys who are paid i can count them all on one hand and still have change so <laughs> it's a totally different scene
1: yeah for sure
2: and well, What hurts i, I the think shops actually over here sorry yeah. uh what hurts the shops really is actually uh people going overseas to buy things and and you can't stop them uh, people see things on A-Main, for example, and and nothing against A-Main. They do a great job. They provide so much content on the website, but people see it. And they go, oh, buy that. And they buy it and they bring it in. And, and the money goes to A-Main. It doesn't go to the local shop.
0: Right, right, right. Well, what I find in in North America anyway, with a lot of the sponsorship stuff I've seen as of, as of late, is what happens is it just seems to be these manufacturers feel that they need to have these local guys and these guys and those guys sponsored in order to um have their brand more represented represented at a track or at a race or or something like that and i don't find that that maybe these people that they're sponsoring are actually really bringing in a, a, a real return um to the company and i think that's where sponsorships are more important you know mike and i have had the concert conversations many a times about being sponsored and you know mike always brings up well we can't race a lot and it's like well you got to think outside of what we can bring to the hobby besides our racing you know we do the show is it massive and huge no but it does reach you know anywhere between four and 800 unique listens every episode we do and And, you know, that is something because you have enough people that listen often enough and they hear you talk good about this product, that product, they're going to go buy it. Whether we're sponsored by the company or not, they will go and buy it because, well, because we said so. And I really hate saying that, but that's the truth of it. You know what I mean? When you listen to something, and it's just like anything, you know, that's why there's advertisements on shows like Howard Stern and, you know, there's advertisements on TV shows. That's, you know, why at the Super Bowl – Companies will pay millions of dollars to have their commercial during the Super Bowl because right. it, it it works you know it, it, it works so
2: yeah it 's the same thing like sponsorship in any circumstances, if it 's sponsoring a racer, the racer is going to benefit because they get cheaper product and they get to feel especially if there's uh, like part and set support as well, they get to feel part of a team, they feel included, they get more involved, they go out helping people. And they get support whenever they need help at the track or you go, oh, my car's not working, what do I do? You go to your sponsor and you say, hey, can you help me? And they, they'll most likely help you out. But on the other side, it's also it helps the manufacturers because it's, oh, for lack of wanting a better word, you could say it's it's a guaranteed income.
1: Ooh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: And I probably just threw myself right under the bus with that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, but I know what you're saying because what, the, what they're thinking is, is, well, if we give this guy a 50% deal, we're going to at least get that other 50% out of him where if we didn't give him the 50% deal, we might get nothing.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
1: and so they're playing that game of it. You know, it's better to take less of a profit because even at a 50% deal, let's be realistic, the manufacturers themselves are probably still making a crap ton of money.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, so they'll so tell you, you can yeah, that makes sense.
1: You know they're going to tell you they're not, and they're going to say, "Oh, you know, we make money on the parts. We make money on the parts." Yeah, you probably do make a bigger percentage on the parts, but you're still making money on the kits. (laughs) You know, I, I, it's business. You can't go losing
2: money and expect to stay in business.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I mean, times are. I I don't see
2: sponsorship as a bad thing as a whole.
1: No, Um, it's just how it's given out. I think is, is is becoming an issue.
2: If that makes yeah, sense. I, I can see the reasons for that, especially from from where you guys, as, in your standpoint, and how frequent it, it is, and how many people get sponsored so yeah. quickly in in the states. It it's a totally different game over here. It's just you know,
1: and I'm going to say this, and I'm gonna I'm only going to say this because Matt gave a nice fair warning that you know there might be some things said in in this inter- you know this this podcast that might be offensive, but over here it's almost become a contest of who has the bigger D, you know, <laughs> and it's like. No, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's not shouldn't be, well, I've got three sponsors, you've got two sponsors, I'm better than you. No. Like, that's honestly what I see sometimes, and you're just like, man, you need a kick square in the pants, <laughs> you know, like, if that's how you think, because that's not it's what it should be. It's just a pissing contest. Exactly. You know, I guess I could have probably, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that.
2: Bring your umbrella next time. <sighs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Duh, too funny. <laughs> that is funny the
2: sponsorship over here like it's the same even for tracks and clubs the clubs go looking for sponsorship for their events and if the races at that those tracks aren't supporting the local shops then the local shops will be then reluctant to support the clubs because they're not going to see as much return out of it so like as as a club representative uh, from west coast and it's just someone as part of the community locally. Like, I encourage everyone to go to local shops before they go uh, looking overseas because that's what keeps our local part of the hobby alive.
0: Yeah. All right. So I got to ask you a question then, Chris. What do you consider local? What's too far to be local? Because we have this conversation sometimes too, because we do have what we, you could deem as a local hobby shop that's in the same place that we go racing once a month. But it's which in is a different 45 country minutes from away. Us. It's in a different country. It's forty-five <laughs> minutes away. So, what what do you deem as local?
2: Right, I'll give you an example. For me to get to uh, Riper Hobbies from my house, it's an hour. <laughs> that's that's my that's essentially my local. There's other shops <clears throat> around that I can go to for things if I need them. Right. Uh, we have uh, probably two three shops in my city in Perth that support racing heavily, and we probably have about another four more. That don't do as much racing, but they can do, uh, and they do a lot of just the hobbyists, and they branch out even further into planes and all sorts of more wow. uh, right. crazy worlds of RC. But local, I would say, within an hour for me.
1: Yeah. See, the other thing that plagues us is, is is a couple things. Is number one, you need a passport. Like you can't just drive into the into the <laughs> United
2: States, right? So, you need a passport to go to your hobby shop.
1: That's what I mean, right? That's or so or awesome. you need or you need acceptable ID. Problem number two. Is exchange. exchange rates one dollar yeah. Canadian is worth seventy three cents American? <coughs> Excuse me, and that's oh, so about the
2: same as Adola. Yeah, well, basically
1: a, a dollar U.S. costs
0: us anywhere between a dollar thirty five to a dollar thirty seven Canadian right now.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, so it's ridiculous. You, know, you want to buy a four hundred dollar kit, a four hundred yeah. U.S. dollar kit, that's going to cost you five hundred and sixty dollars Canadian. How do I know? Because there's a four hundred dollar kit I want to buy, but I don't have five hundred and sixty dollars <laughs> Canadian just sitting around. You know, so it's just, you know, that's another problem, right? And I mean, it is what it is because even if you bought that product in Canada, it would be, the price would be inflated because of the imports and this and that. And then the third problem is, that's fine. So you get your passport, you make some money, you know, you deal with the exchange rate, then there's bringing it back home across the border. Import tax. Exactly. Duties as we call it. So now you can play <laughs> Russian roulette and you can lie to the border and say, I don't have anything. But that'll be the day that you get chosen for a random inspection and then you're backpedaling, trying to explain to them why you got a $400 RC in the back.
0: Yeah, which oh, then yeah, they say yeah. to you, okay, well, now you owe us the taxes on... If they decide not to keep it, then they say, well, now you owe yeah. the taxes on the $560 Canadian you just
1: paid. And, yeah. and you possibly could even be fined you know, $1,500 for lying to them. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where... You know, it's nothing to 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 beat on the the place that we're talking about. We want no. to support them. We want to help them. It's just it's not as easy as we just show up and buy something. Yeah, um, you uh, know,
2: in Australia we have um we have an exemption on import tax if it's under a thousand dollars value when it lands into Australia. Yeah. So, like I I've gotten really cheeky with it, uh, and sometimes uh, when I was racing Formula Ford. Uh, it was cheaper for me to import my tires from the UK and get them sent in split shipments to different addresses with different names so that I would dodge the import tax.
1: <laughs> you sure you want us to post that lie on, on the internet for people to hear?
2: <laughs> as far as anyone's concerned, two separate people bought them.
1: Yeah, no, I just... I just it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's so, done now, so, so screw On, it. on, on that jail. note,
1: so you, you, you've raised real big cars
2: yeah yeah that was um that was my life for like uh six years um and before that there was eight years of uh go-karting so oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've grown up around motorsports and that's how i got into rc just being at the go-kart track after racing and some older kids got a cool rc car and everyone runs out to watch him scream up and down the straight before he breaks it like that's what got me into rc cars
1: well doesn't that sound familiar eh matt <laughs> uh, Yep. Watch out for that curb. Oh, there's parts no. flying everywhere. Oh,
2: it's broken. Oh, can you fix it for tomorrow? I want to see it go yeah. again. Can I hey, it Matt, drive?
1: Remember when you bought your first 10-scale nitro car? <sighs> How long did you drive it before you stripped that spur gear?
0: Well, before I stripped the spur gear, I drove it, and I bumped it over a bump, and it landed, smashed on the cooling head and broke a couple fins off of it.
1: <laughs> this uh, is all within the first five minutes, by the way. <laughs> no,
0: it was after it got broken in. I got through the break-in process without breaking anything. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: we can't include the break-in
0: process. It's actually getting to drive it. And then we were driving them down the road, and I think I just <laughs> went to goose it, and it stripped the knot out of the spur gear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, it was yeah. a two-speed, right? So it had a two-speed clutch bell on it. So, oh, God. And I knew nothing that I know now. Knowing what I know now, I could have just ordered, you know, generic, you know, um, spurs and and gotten away with it and found something else that would work because i didn't know what i was doing of course it's like i'll go right to red cat for the parts and oh for frank's (laughs) sakes like (laughs)
2: uh. yeah we all start as that gumby that just knows nothing and throws money at it and it's a stroke of sheer luck that we're still in the hobby five, six, seven years later, right?
1: Well, I think yeah. that's what weeds us out, right? Like, it weeds out the guys that want to be doing it versus the guys that just think it's cool, you know? Everybody gets into it because it's cool, right? It's like, oh, look at this thing, nitro smoke, it smells awesome, and, you know, your fingers are blacker than black, and then it's either you continue doing it or it just goes into the garage and no one touches it for 10 years, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's kind of the determining factor to, you know, there, there's I'm sure there's exceptions to that rule, but the 99 percenters we all start the same way by i wonder how fast i can make one of these little cars go
2: yeah Yeah. i I started just beating around car parks with my mates and we decided one day like oh we're bored of this let's go racing let's buy touring cars and run vta (laughs) because that's a smart idea so you know we went and blew all our money on that and six months later, we have racing, stock, touring, and throwing all our weekly wage away. It's like, oh, man, what happened? Did I go through a time vortex? Or, like, where's my money gone? <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I still do that.
0: Oh, <laughs> we, we, Mike and I went through a phase where when the, the Canadian dollar was almost at par to the U.S. dollar.
1: Oh, what are you talking about? It was above it for a little I bit. I know,
0: but when it was oh. at par, it didn't last above it for very long. But when it was at par, man, we were spending money on RC like it was growing on trees because at that point it was so inexpensive for us and it was like it was, I don't care Even if I forgot to pay duty it's still so cheap it was a
1: 30% savings just by buying it in the states yeah and, you know so i mean 30% that that's huge you know
2: what's that what's that saying everyone says about their wives or girlfriends like you went out and you bought a $100 item for $70 that you didn't need and you're saying you saved $30 no you just spent $70 that, that's oh, it no, no.
1: You, you, you got to see did you see the the meme going around Facebook where it's like the girlfriend or the wife gave me 200 dollars to buy a Christmas tree and it's like a little <laughs> six inch tree, and he's like, "I spent 30 dollars on the tree and the other on the RC parts. Mm, yeah <laughs>
2: I'm in <laughs> trouble, it goes.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah uh, I'll have I'll to find to catch it for the next six weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're in the doghouse, but that, <laughs> that's the reality of it. it. It's becoming a very expensive hobby, and you know it, it's parts are not cheap.
2: No, it no, it's not. But what's playing into the favor, though, is that the cars are getting a lot tougher. Yes. Uh, in, a, yeah. in electric, it's a lot easier to go racing once you have your startup gear. Um, and, and I try and encourage a lot of people, like when they're, when they're getting into the hobby and they're you know, sending emails to my club asking, oh, where do I buy these st- things from and what's the best one to get? And I'm warning them, like, I'm warning you, you're going to spend a bit of money to get started if you want to buy the really good gear but after that, as long as you're not being crazy breaking things every week, your running costs and ongoing costs is basically just tires, and every year to two years you update your equipment if you want.
1: Yeah, like once you have your batteries, your charger, your radio, you know, there's like you know two grand worth of stuff right there. Uh, you yeah, know, that's not then it's just yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah,
2: Don't tell them how much it is. No. I bought a 4 PXR in March, and my wallet's still crying.
1: Yeah, I bought one. I, that's what I bought. A mat. I bought it. You used got a four PX. You don't. Right, I got yeah, yeah, that's right. And mine uh, just
2: blinds people on the stand. <laughs>
1: yeah, I bet it does. But I got a super cool deal on it because I bought it off of a guy uh, in the states that must have been desperate for money. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a good deal. But yeah.
0: Yeah, just to give you an idea on costs of stuff. So. I've been looking at the Futaba 4PV to replace my 4PLS because I don't need to have the fanciest radio out there because it's not going to make me any better of a driver. (laughs) Mike just, you know, didn't listen to me when I told him to buy a 4PLS and bought bought a 4PKSR and then shortly there realized after that his receivers for that thing were ridiculously expensive. So natural (laughs) assumption, instead of selling it and the receivers to buy a 4PLS and like more receivers than he could ever shake a stick at, he just went out and bought a 4PX instead. (laughs) <laughs> and that that was his rationale. That makes it. sense.
2: Yeah. So, oh, but I saw one of the pros have one. I want
0: it too. So I've been teasing them about it forever. But anyway, so I've been looking <laughs> at the 4 PV, and just to give you an idea. In Canada, for me to get one, they're about three hundred and eighty dollars Canadian, and then plus tax, which puts them around four hundred and thirty bucks, and then of course shipping because none of the websites seem to do free shipping. So that's probably another 15 20 bucks there. So, you know what I mean, we're in the ballpark of just a share a hair under 500 bucks for a 4PV. Whereas on like something like Tower Hobbies, they go for 279.99 US. I'll get free shipping. I can put it on Easy Pay if I wanted to, where I can make payments on it. And even with exchange at being at 35 cents on the dollar, the thing still comes in 2 dollars cheaper than it is in Canada without the taxes.
2: Oh man. Yeah. Right. So it, and it's hard.
0: Time. But like Mike said, when you do that, then you're gambling on when you bring it back home of whether or not well, you're going to get the, pinched the way, on it.
1: The way around that is is you pick it up when you go to the race. Yeah, you it use is. it at the race all day. <laughs> and then technically they don't know that you just bought it or not right. because it kind of looks used. Now, the problem is you can't put a kit together at a racetrack i mean no that's not true that's not true i was gonna say but me and john, john schultz ta- put a
0: t5m <laughs> together at a race because he was bored but we're not that talented okay. yet yeah
2: i did this i did exactly <laughs> what you're talking about i was lucky enough to go to the le mans 24 hour race in france when i was 21 right and as when i was racing formula ford and we're there we're walking through the pits and they had um stand 21 which is a massive racewear manufacturer they make amazing helmets and suits and all sorts of stuff that's way too expensive for me they had a display helmet that fitted me perfectly had a custom paint job and it was on sale price and i immediately we just bought it and <laughs> looking back it's like a three thousand australian dollar helmet oh my God. <laughs> and the next question is how the hell are we going to bring it back into australia but what we realize is we've been to a motor race We've been, and then the the next weekend we went to the Silverstone GP. So we've been to two motor races, and we're bringing back a helmet. We claimed the VAT out of Britain and had it in carry-on luggage. They didn't even say they didn't even look at it. (laughs) Yeah. So you you can do it. sure. Oh yeah, it's just always on the risk. Exactly, and And it's always a massive dick around to do it. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 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 been moments where I've probably pooped myself. So just being that scared, like being having the crap scared out of me, because you're just like, oh my god, am I going to get busted right now? And then they're like, okay, oh, you go, and you're like,
0: <sighs> well, that, that was like last night. We went over and we did a little bit of the the shopping of the stuffs there. And when we go to come back, they, they ask, you know, how much did you buy? And blah 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 blah. So I tell them, and I'm figuring, okay, we're going into to pay duty. And she goes, how much was the most expensive item? I'm like, well, we got two of them. They were forty bucks each, so I guess forty dollars. And she goes, okay, see you later. And I'm going, looking at my wife as we drove away, I'm like. Did that really just happened? Yeah. That was it, for sure we were paying duty right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. no, it, it, a lot of time. I that's the thing, you take the gamble. But it's it's the state of our hobby, I guess. And you can't really help it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no kidding.
2: You're still going to spend your money no matter where you go. <laughs>
1: yeah, no kidding. So, let's um uh, uh, let's just I'm going to bring up another name here and let's talk about him uh, briefly uh Chris and that would be uh Kyle McBride.
2: Oh, I knew this was coming.
1: <laughs> no, and, and I mean, un- unfortunately, and I'm going to be the first to admit, I don't really know a lot about Australian racers and, and anything, just because, I mean, you guys are literally on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Um. You know, so, I mean, he is doing fairly well from what I understand, and, and I mean, I would assume that you probably know him.
2: Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, you can straight away say, it, Kyle is the best driver in the country right now. In Australia, and he's kicking goals so good on the international scene. Like ranked inside the top twenty-five on um, that top twenty-five RC rankings for one-eighth off-road. You know, he was in the uh, I think the B main at uh, the twenty fourteen no, twenty fifteen Ifma Ten Scale Off Road Worlds.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, he's holds the all-time record for most amount of back to back to back to back to back. Australian national championships consecutively and he's still on that role.
1: Wow.
2: Like, he's just killing it. He's a really nice guy. He's down to earth. And he's still young. Like he's got it all going for him in this industry and, and he's such a cool guy. You watch him drive, and like I, I was at the uh twenty fifteen nationals in Ipswich, Queensland, and I was I'm racing modified, so I'm racing against Kyle and I'm trying to I'm trying to make the main. Like, that's my goal. I want to be in the show. And I've watched Carl driving, I'm like, oh, crap. makes me look like a novice. Like, it's just, it's a joke. Like, you rock up to a track, you see Carl there, and most of the time these days, and I'm probably speaking out of turn with a lot of people, and some people are going to get upset at me for saying this, but I assume you rock up to the track, you see Carl there, and you go, oh, not winning today. <laughs> it just goes like that. <laughs>
1: Well, it's kind of like he is the Australian version of Ty Tasman to us Canadian RC racers. It would be probably the best comparison.
2: Yeah. He's just a freak at the wheel. (laughs) It's crazy.
1: Yeah. See, for us, though, Mike, that's more like when Cole shows up. It's like, well, so much for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cole's how old? 14, 15 or whatever he is. I think he's 16 now. I think he's got his drivers. Dude, what are you talking about? What about them kids in Iowa that were like eight or nine years old that we couldn't even hold a candle in the wind to. Oh, I know. Oh, we have a
2: kid like that, too.
1: Okay. I am like, man, I am old enough to be these kids' father. And they are, like, <laughs> teaching me a lesson in what it's about to drive an RC car. And I'm just yeah. like, oh. You know, and you just we got to envy him.
2: Kid. His name's Caleb Noble. is from far north Queensland. He's, I think he's 10 now. He's 10 okay. years old. He makes the A-Main at 8-Scale Nationals. And he's fast. Like, he can hot lap as quick as Kyle. Because he, he, oh. he races in Queensland, he races against Kyle a lot. The same for Aaron Stringer, another Queenslander that's super fast that can lap as same, the same as Kyle. These guys in Queensland, these, these there's this pocket of guys in Queensland that are just insanely fast and it makes us all really jealous because they're that quick. And they have lots of really good tracks over there. But this kid, he takes a milk crate up on the driver's stand and stands <laughs> on the milk crate so he can see over the bar. Yep. And he wheels a truggy, like a demon like he's just busting the biggest whips you can see lands it wins the race and it's like eh, that's good walks away just doesn't even care he's so cool <laughs> i take my hat off to young caleb he's a ripper driver I-,
1: I think that's the key right these kids they don't care like you know what i mean like when i'm up on that driver's stand and all of a sudden i'm like in first and it doesn't matter what freaking heat it is it could be the freaking Z main I- it doesn't matter All of a sudden, I'm crapping myself, my stomach's turning, and then that's it. I'm back flipping, doing cartwheels across the track. You know, or the kids, I don't think the kids get that. You know what I mean? Like, they just just do what they gotta do.
2: Yeah. It's it's really cool to see. Uh, Yeah, I'm the same man. Like, I get anywhere near, like, third, and I start shaking like a leper and I'm just can't control my inputs. <laughs> I'm going to fall off the track. I just start counting down. I'm like, I know I'm going to fall off the track if I don't get yeah. this under control.
1: Yeah, no, and that's it. And then you just kind of do that, you know, okay, I got to take a big breath. So you do that, right? Your car's like doing cartwheels and you're like, okay, let's try this again. And then two <laughs> seconds later, you're doing cartwheels. So you're saying, to yourself, okay, take a big breath, try again. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, worst yeah. Is, is
0: when you get yourself so wrapped up and so worked up that you, you literally, your nerves start getting to me. I get a leg shake. Yeah. Like, my my legs start, like, kind of, like, shaking. It's like, hey, dude, calm down, breathe. And then I realize that I haven't, like, taken a breath for, like, (laughs) the last two minutes, which is why my body is involuntarily starting to shake because I'm getting ready to pass out.
1: yeah, you, you haven't blinked, and your eyeballs are so yeah. dry that you're afraid to blink now because it's going to be like sandpaper across yeah, your Yeah, I do eyeballs. that all the
2: time yeah. on the track. I'm like, oh, I forgot to blink. <laughs> I've, I've seen a driver visibly start drooling mid-race because he's just not even focusing on swallowing his spit.
1: Dude, dude, who, doesn't that sound like Joel with his tongue hanging out? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I
1: do the same thing sometimes. Though. I get my little tongue hanging out Oh, yeah, and... but, dude, Joel is like, I mean, that guy's like a freaking snake with his tongue hanging out, man. It's like, dude, suck that thing in. You're going to trip on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sounds like my dog my dog it, her tongue is too big for a mouth
1: yeah 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 that's like joel when he's racing and he's doing really well or he's pushing it mm-hmm. like that tongue just keeps coming out, and he gets better as the further his tongue comes out the better he gets i love joel oh, that's awesome. i love joel joel's like one of our best american friends yeah he's pretty awesome yeah he's he's a pretty rad dude so yeah he's gonna laugh when he hears that <laughs> Ah, uh, too much. So, Chris, I got a, I got, I was dared to to ask you something. Oh God, yeah, it's, it's a pretty bad one. So, what I'm supposed to ask you is, oh look, I just got a picture of his dog.
2: I'm sending it to Matthew too. I'm just a bit slow on my phone, trying to listen and do that <laughs> at the same time.
1: So yeah, so the dare is to ask you, do you have? your grid girl outfit like tasha's
2: oh geez <laughs> uh, yeah we tasha told me about this one <laughs> uh, oh, they said i had to I had to try and find one i said i'd get one out and show off my man boobs but i'd maybe have to like wax in the middle because it'd be a really hairy affair otherwise
1: <laughs> did you did, did i'm i'm sure you've had to see it where uh Apparently, her husband put it on and took a picture with one of the RCs in his hands to kind of curb everybody's comments at that time. Oh, oh my God. I, that I must have been that. classic. i
2: this
1: now. I, I, I'll put it to this. I don't know if you're going to find it online. And I'm, I'm, I am I'm asked Tasha to send it to you if you can't find it. I'll just leave it at that. It has <laughs> got to be one of the most priceless pictures I have ever seen of another dude. It's it's just that good.
2: Uh, there are a wild bunch of Archibalds. Know what oh, do yeah.
1: You know, I talked to, to Tasha and, and Archie for, like, two and a half hours the other night. And uh, it was, like, started at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning here, which is, like, 10 o'clock their time. Or, no, it was, like, nine, 9 o'clock, I think. I don't remember. Anyways. And, I mean, oh, the stories that came out of them, too, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, these people are hilarious. You know, and so genuine. that's all I can say, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna have uh Tasha on I believe next weekend as well after our race uh in Saint Ignis. Oh and I just dropped something. But yeah, you Would know Did you I quit just, doing that? Yeah, I'm playing with something in my hands and I keep dropping it. So yeah, yeah, that great You're girl right. outfit was, was pretty funny and yeah.
2: She yeah I'm, I'm searching for it. but I, I doubt i'm gonna say it like it's not something you would keep on your facebook photo
1: no no because well, she had to remove the pictures because of all the drama that came with it and I, I don't even understand why like i don't understand why men have to be so piggish and that's coming from a guy that's piggish you know what i mean like it's just like wow the comments that ensued were just ridiculous i guess and it's too bad yeah, it really but is
0: you're you're an internally only around close friends, pig. I'm classy. <laughs> I wouldn't say classy. There's some things that come out of
1: your You're mouth sometimes broad.
2: that make me cringe, but... I um, <laughs> so before you get take, taken to... Yeah, I'm um, stopping there. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, no, I'm bad. I, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm... Yeah. You, you, you put me around a pretty woman and the brain cells start to just drop. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, I'm still looking for this picture.
1: Yeah, yeah. like I said, I think you're gonna have to ask Tasha to to send it to you or ask her if I can send it or Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's priceless.
2: (laughs) Yeah well these archibalds they're they're a crazy wild bunch. They they surely make it entertaining.
1: Yeah,
0: no kidding. No kidding. I wonder if they're related to the Archibalds that I'm now related to. I know,
1: I know. That's I was thinking too. I was like, I wonder if there's any descendants and then the other thing is, is I wonder if there's ever been any link between Thomas from MKS. Because he's from Australia. Oh, yes, he is. Do you know Thomas, Thomas Cook Cook from MKS Servos, uh, USA, Chris?
2: Uh, no, I, I don't, actually.
1: Oh, yeah, no, he is uh, definitely an Australian purebred, because you talk to him and you guys sound exactly alike for the most part. <coughs> <laughs>
2: Is that is that racial profiling? Like we no, all. No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I am not racist. I hate everybody equally.
2: <laughs> perfect. perfect.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say something, but we're recording, so I'm not going to. Uh, no, no I'm <laughs> oh, far great. from a racist. That's for sure. But yeah, oh, so really? no, you know, it's been an absolute pr- pleasure getting to talk to you, and yeah, for sure. You know, it's so cool getting to talk to somebody that is from a different country different continent different part of the world completely you know and just to get a glimpse into what the rc world's like for you guys and you know definitely uh it's just a pleasure
2: oh well thank you guys for having me on and uh big thank you to tasha for throwing my name at you guys and kind <laughs> of throwing me under the bus and getting me on here it's it's really cool and shout <laughs> to everyone who's made it happen for me to get like where I am in, in just doing things in this hobby, you know, getting to be, uh, doing all the Australian, the big Australian races, doing fem car, um, doing another fem car, going to worlds. Like it's really cool. And if you had asked me five years ago, like what would I be doing? I would not have guessed this ever. So I'm, right. I'm stoked and uh big thank you guys.
1: Yeah. And uh, Matt there, uh, once you, uh, once he does his editing and all that, we'll get you a link. Um, if there's anything I'll try and get
0: them both edited this evening and get them both uh, on the site. And then what I'll do is I'll schedule... Uh, I'll release maybe one tomorrow, and then we'll wait like three days and then release the other one.
1: Yeah. But I'll and, get him
0: all the info to let him know when it should be up and live so he can...
1: Yeah, like nothing is actually live live. So And again, Chris, if there's anything that... Uh you said that you regret saying. You can tell us and we can Yeah, if anything those. strikes you all of a sudden. <laughs> Maybe that message. part about
2: um evading import tax like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it could be like Tim uh, Tunnerman and he talked about the uh what was it the C block? That was coming out for the B five M that wasn't out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he Oops. sends me a message the next day after I posted. He goes, "Hey, can you uh, cut that out? Because I'm getting a ton of messages from people asking me when I can get that part." I'm like, "Yeah, I can get rid of
1: that." <laughs> so, it was, uh, yeah, it was yeah. funny. So, it's just, so yeah, <laughs> it, it, even if you're re-listening to it after, or somebody says something to you, most certainly send us a message and we will. Yeah, it wouldn't sure be the first
0: that. time I've went and edited a show and reposted it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay I'll, I'll make sure to to listen to it thoroughly and be like okay did, did, is that stupid or or is that just okay? well
1: no it's stupid <laughs> we're stupid stays oh, stupid <laughs> stu- okay, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah yeah it's just getting <laughs> me in trouble that has to go yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah that's all no this has been this has been a awesome this is we haven't had i don't think this much fun in quite a while uh recording one of our our episodes and uh I, I I look forward to doing it again and getting to speak to some of your colleagues
2: as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you, I'm going to have to get try and get uh, Josh Payne to hook up and have a chat to you guys because he's crazy.
1: Yeah, he's on my list. Um, Like I said, Tasha just kind of... Sp- of course. Gave me Josh Payne, Kyle McBride, Ray Monday, Christina Monday, and Matthew Kellett, I
2: believe. Yep. Matt you know, Kellett. So he's an awesome guy as well. He's... Yeah. Um, He's the owner of Ace Hobbies in Australia.
1: Oh, okay, right on. Yeah, and, and I mean, she just was name dropping names left, right, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 slow down here." I'm like, "I'm going to take this <laughs> this list, and then uh, once we work through that group of people, we'll uh, we'll get some more, you know, because you know we d- we do have you know our, our regular not not that we have regular people on the show, but you know, we'll just get everybody in one at a time, and yeah,
2: yeah, you can't fit everyone into one show. No, of course, <laughs> there's too much to get through. Too much shit to talk. Oh, yeah. we might want to edit that out. My bad.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, if if you're looking for an interesting episode to listen to, if you go on the Podbean site, check out the the roundtable conversation. Matt, what did we do? Round we had table. what sixteen people on at once?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. The roundtable. You'd probably like the Mark Pavitas episode too. Yes, the Pavitas
1: episode was good. Oh, but the
2: Pavitas. Ra- He's a cool guy. Yeah,
0: yeah yes. he is. And we did him early on, and it was one of those just blew my mind.
2: <laughs> Actually, if he you listen he. to our
1: second one, I think was with Tessman, that like the second podcast we ever did. Mm-hmm. If you go back and listen to that, you will hear a couple of guys giggling like schoolgirls because it was like <laughs> our sep- second episode, and we were literally doing that. I cannot believe we're talking to Ty, because he just won the the Italian IFMAR Worlds at that time. I think it was right. Oh Matt?
2: wow, big score.
1: You know, so we were just kind of doing the like blah, 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 blah. and it was just like, <laughs> "Oh my God, it we just yeah, we were like little schoolgirls giggling man. it was you
2: guys are finding me the math at your desk, like yeah, yeah, oh, when and,
1: he agreed to do it, I couldn't even stop talking about it. It was yeah. ridiculous, you know, and now we've kind of you know another story we we like to tell is this one, and, and Matt, you can do you, you want to tell the uh, Rick, Eric Jensen and uh, uh what's his name? At Casey's race there, the one the first year that they came up?
0: Oh, for freak's sakes. Yeah, okay. So we, we go every year since I've started racing. I've been going to uh, the Casey Hobbies Spring Fling. Um, and I believe he's going to be on the 17th annual this year. And I think I started going around the 14th or 13th annual. Yep. Somewhere around there. So... um Last year we get there and you know we knew Rick was coming and he was going to bring a few guys with him and we had gotten to know Rick because he makes the foam tires that we run he's gone banana racing skins yeah. and um, you know he said oh yeah I'm going to bring a couple of the guys with me and da, da 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 and we were looking forward to it and you know we get there and we finally get to meet Rick you know face to face person to person kind of thing
1: well it was even before it, that we we were there and they walked in and me and Maco were like dude that's 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 uh, Rick Zefrud and holy cow that's Eric Jensen and. That's that Tim McNamara guy that, that we've heard about. And, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, we're like, we can't believe we're going to meet them and, and all of this. So, this is what we're saying to each other.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. We kind of have the back and forth talk of, you know, oh my God, look, you know.
1: Starstruck, right? We're just doing that. Well, because wow.
0: we found out Eric worked, has worked for like Live, Live RC. RC, right? So, we're like, holy geez, that guy works for Live RC. And, you know, I guess at the same time, Mike and I are sitting over at our little table having the, Oh my God, you know, those, you know, that guy works for live RC and like, you know, these guys came all the way here from Wisconsin races. Well, Eric Jensen's internally, I don't know if he said it. He was saying it to Rick. Those are really the guys from the NBA podcast. (laughs)
1: Like Like it was just, we were all doing the same thing, but to each other's respective parties. And you know, we were just all just, and that was a moment when, when after we were talking to Eric a few months later and he told us that, And we were like, dude, we were doing the same thing about you. And that was the moment when me and Matt were like, oh my God, like people actually pay attention to us. Like, you know, (laughs) we've kind of just gone from. Yeah. Like we just, but it was like that, you know, we are really a couple of nobodies that have a little bit of skill in recording something because not everybody knows how to do that and, and, you know, get it onto the internet. And it was like, you know, now we're sitting here doing that. You know, people, we matter. We matter in our own little way. And that's not a cocky comment. I'm not trying to be cocky. And we're just doing what we do because we want to, you know. And it's yeah. it's it's awesome to get to talk to all the people we get to talk to. It really is.
2: Yeah, I mean, we all start somewhere. I had a really humbling moment. Um, we had the nationals at my home track. And I had organized a race announcer to, to come and do the duties because I was trying to race the nationals as well. And um and he couldn't make it for the Friday for two wheel drive, so I'm like oh, I'll let uh I'll let someone run all the qualifying rounds and then for the A mains I'll come up and just grab a mic and stumble my way through them. And I was calling, I called all the A mains and uh, Paul Mason from Queensland he managed to win the two wheel stock A main and he came up to me afterwards he's like I can tick one off my bucket list now. I got to race an event called by Chris Mitchell and I'm just I'm standing there just dumbstruck like what that was actually something he wanted to do? Like <laughs> it's it's really cool to just start from humble beginnings doing what you do and
1: yeah.
2: and no, to really get is. where you're going and keep looking forward, like man, what's gonna happen next?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know I mean that's that's wild. And the internet, you know, it lets us do exactly what we're doing right now. You know, you're sitting in Australia and we're sitting in Ontario, Canada you know and i mean we're milliseconds of of time in between we hear and we hear you, your voice and you hear ours you know and it's like 20 years ago you you know other than a phone how did you do it you know and it was expensive too never mind
2: yeah i mean we've been talking for an hour and a half that it cost like a thousand dollars back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly
1: and so but yeah i mean uh I think that's all for me. Like you said, we've we've taken an hour and a half out of your time, so that means it's what like five thirty in the morning there.
2: Uh, four thirty. Four thirty. Yeah. There.
1: Yeah. I guess we
0: should uh, let Chris <laughs> yeah, go back to let bed. Let you
1: go try to squeeze in a nap <laughs> there before you got to go to work.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be fun.
1: <laughs> well, it's at least be a
2: fun Monday at work.
1: What uh, can you tell us? What you do for work?
2: Yeah, I, I'm a mechanical designer. So basically, I, I sit at a desk and I draw on oh. SolidWorks.
1: That's even worse. <laughs> that's, that's my job. That's even worse when you're tired, because like I'm an IT guy myself, so you get stuck behind the keyboard and the mouse. And when you're tired, oh man, there is not enough Red Bull or Rock Stars in the world to keep your eyeballs from having the the eyelid slam shut like barn doors.
2: Yeah, and I'll be smashing the coffee for sure. Seeing as I, <laughs> I uh, quite proudly gave up all that Red Bull nonsense. Uh, yeah, I saw a couple that of weeks post. ago. Good for you. It's not easy. Oh, it, it's going to kill me. Otherwise,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, no kidding.
2: Uh, I finally caved to the pressure of my friends telling me they're like, "Oh, this is going to kill you, man. Stop doing it." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't drink the ones with any sugar in them, and I tried to limit myself to one a day if I have
1: one.
2: Yeah, I got bad. It, it's it's a dependency, like like <laughs> I said, a, a liter a day was what I was going through when we were in Brisbane for the national <laughs> series because it was an eighteen hour day commentating. <sighs>
1: A leader. Oh, my
2: oh God. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad you're still alive, bro. <laughs> I live switching,
2: and I'm like, I'm getting paranoid, people around me. No kidding. scary times.
0: <laughs> right on. Well, I guess with that being said, then we're going to let Chris actually go, because if we don't, we'll continue to talk for the rest of the thing. Yep. The, the His morning, morning. our evening, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that'll be it. So I got, uh, I got a little bit of Australian rock for him. <laughs> I'm sure he's heard of these guys. So that's it from us here at the NBM Podcast. Make sure you check out, what is it, Riper Ho- Hobbies? Yeah. Head over there, check them out. And, of course, check out Chris and everything he's been up to. And uh, thank you very much for listening to the NBM Podcast.
2: I get the the bank and my to the floor.